Welcome everyone to the completely unnecessary podcast. Ian with his dead eyes for, for <laughs> I was just thinking <laughs> Tuesday May tenth, two thousand twenty-two. It's the birthday podcast. My birthday was yesterday. It was. Uh, I have a gift for you. Uh, is that why you went in dead eyes? That's Ian Ferguson on Pat Country on the show today. Thank, oh, thank you, Ian. Wow, you're welcome. Oh, what? Thank you, Ian. On the show today, we'll be talking about. Um, in television, uh, officially becoming maybe a scam with the Amico at this point. Uh, the 2001 Duke Nukem Forever was leaked. Other good stuff. We have a we'll have a Patreon poll. And uh, thank you so much, Ian, for the birthday present. You're welcome. When I talked to see when I talked to Ian and some people on the phone, so you shouldn't. It would have been a surprise. And the phone last week, Ian's like, I'm not sure you're getting your president time. We'll Patrick, see if it arrives. Patrick, every, I, I remember you telling me this. Patrick, every year you tell me for like two weeks you've got me something. So I, it, it's yeah, different. Uh, okay. <laughs> you I, do. Uh, you tell me leading up to it. So okay, enjoy. Thank you, Ian. Uh, see. Oh, nice job with the rapping here. Vonnie did the rapping. Oh, see? I cannot rap. You couldn't. Well, this just was tying a bow. Yeah. Like, These are handy bags. we got in here oh it feels cloth like it's not another sweatshirt <laughs> no what the heck is this it's a looks like a soccer you got me <laughs> you got me a, a clay thompson yes yes <laughs> Thank i you, did ian. you're welcome who, who doesn't love clay thompson the, Thank you, Ian. Every single time uh, you have brought up maybe getting a jersey you've always said maybe i'll get a clay thompson jersey Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. I love Steph, but who doesn't love clay? Yeah, who does? Everyone wants the Steph jersey. You got to go with your homeboy. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be Clay's friend? Come on, right? He's got a he's got a cute bulldog. He goes in a boat, you know. Anyway, after getting you one, I was like, you know, I don't know that I'd ever wear one outside of the house, and I don't know or care if you do either. But I figured that looks like a comfortable thing to wear and stick around the house. Oh, there's all air holes in. Yeah, that looks extremely comfortable. I took it out of the bag and I was like, this is. Yeah. I would wear, yeah. It's like this, a, is, this is good. This is good houseware. Yeah, like hockey sweaters have like little mini. They're breathable. Yeah. a little bit hockey sweaters. Not like the old sweaters. Like well, they're literally were sweaters. They weren't. Thank you. Ian. It's very thoughtful of you. Is it a large? It's a large. Thank you, Ian. Yeah. So but, I'll wear on the podcast. I'll wear. I'll wear it during game <laughs> five tomorrow. Ian, that's really cute of you to do. Thank you, Ian. It's very thoughtful. You're very welcome. Um, now I'm all flushed. I'm all. Uh, I'm all embarrassed. Um, Wars up two, uh, three games to one. Uh, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was afraid uh, that like if they would have walked, if they were like swept by now, badly, or swept or down or down three zero. It was my idea yeah. for a couple of months, and I was like, uh, got, I mean, they're doing pretty good, but I see. You're like <laughs> checking the score. Ah, oh, oh, this is good. this is touch and go with the right. Grizzlies. If it was off season, it wouldn't have mattered. But like being during the fi- uh, playoffs, yeah, playoffs. You're talking playoffs. I knew that sweatshirt was coming off. That's yeah. a record. That was like a minute and a half. That sweatshirt comes off. Um, so uh, real quick, before we get into my weekend, um, thanks to a few things here. Thanks to Retrobit, Retrobit for sending me uh, the uh, 8-bit edition of Always Awakening. So Always Awakening came out, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, I like, I like the, the original game. And this is an NES DMIG on a cartridge. 
All right, here and, and we talked about the podcast. We, we you know we, we talked about it when they came out. The the uh, demake looks really good. And then they did the cute thing, the digital version that we talked about, which is the uh, the ROM and other goodies like the manual and things on a little cute USB with with the character. I guess that's Awa. Yeah, uh, Awa? no, Awa. Uh, Awa is the uh, Zoe. This yeah, is Zoe. Awa is the the, Zoe. the land. Okay, this is Zoe or Zoe, heroine sent from another world to bring peace to the land. Awa. There you go. I'll check this out. I will play this game. It's it's supposedly one of the one of the best NES homebrews or aftermarket games ever. Uh, so I will play that. And then thank you to um, this was something that they reached out to me. And I don't think I responded, but they sent it anyway from uh, Ghoulie Kit. They sent me the King Kong 2 Pro Controller. And they said it's the first electromagnetic joystick to solve game controller drifting on this. So that's what they say. So, well, all right. There's a little magnet in there. How do they work? Magnets? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know how they work. Who knows? So thanks for that. Ian gave me the nice clay clay uh, jersey, which is great. That's my. I only have uh, uh, two uh, Ranger sweaters from the nineties. Oh wow! I, that's it. I don't have anything else. So I, I from playing my from my 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 big street hockey days, I have the the blue uh, Rangers home jersey where it says Rangers. Then I got the one that I didn't ask for for like four or five years. I did the Statue of Liberty uh, as an alternate, which is like eh. It's okay. So I have that one as well. I forgot who got me that one. Gotcha. Probably late 90s or early 2000s. My sister might have. But you can't go wrong with the traditional Rangers because like, they're original 16. Like just, just letters across. You know, it's, it's like changing, changing like the, uh, the Yankees logo. That'll never happen. But the Rangers did it for a little bit there. Um, so, um, oh, yeah. And uh, congratulations to uh, uh, our pals at Limited Run. Uh, they opened up their physical store last weekend. Yeah, around, that's cool. First I want to go check it out. It looks amazing. Looks really um, nice inside. They have trading cards there. They have CRTs all over the place. They're, they're running uh, stuff there. And, of course, they have a certain NES Super Nintendo guidebook there in stock in their book section there. Uh, so go if you're so if you're in a uh, – what is what is that town, town is it? Uh, limited run store. Let me just see the exact ad- address here if I can find it. Uh, they have music as well. They have music. They have a music section. Oh, as well that's there. cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember seeing that they've got like video game soundtracks and stuff too. Uh, it's in. Uh, I just saw it in North Carolina, M- McGregor McGregor Village in Cary. It's eighty themed appearance and approximately uh, they have a nine hour custom soundtrack playing. There oh wow! Is. So that's pretty cool. So there you go. That that was a sort of uh, their dream there. Josh and Doug to do that. So there you go. So what else did I do this weekend, Ian, besides uh, visiting the zoo, which you can hear about all about in the exclusive podcast that we do, uh, patreon.com slash podcast. I saw Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. As did I. Um, I wasn't necessarily planning on it, but... Did I, did I coax you to see it before the podcast we were talking about? <laughs> no, it was more Vani that, that, like, because we had, like, seen a commercial or something, and I was like, you know, I do want to see that. And she's like, I do, too. And we're sitting there, and for whatever reason, I, you saw it Sunday? Sunday saw it. I, I, kept, and I avoided most spoilers. I kept uh, thinking the next day was the podcast, forgetting that we had another night where we could go see it. So, Vani and I ended up going. Sure. Um, I thought it was very good. Well, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Um, you know, without getting into the story, I think my overall impressions of it was it was a kind of silly and dumb movie, but I really enjoyed it. Silly and dumb in tone, but like yes. what goes on is pretty harrowing, and, um, which is like a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. is a Sam Raimi movie, especially the last chunk of it is a Sam Raimi oh, movie. Oh, the last like 25 minutes? Yeah. Oh, I was it, grinning year to year at a certain part we'll get into. Very much a Sam Raimi movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I, 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 
I think that the time, uh, the only thing that you and I really disagreed on, I think last night was, I, I don't think it needed any more time. I thought it was just about perfect in it terms was, of its length. Two hours, six minutes. Um, for a movie like this, I thought it could have been longer. Supposedly, it was about 2.40 before they did reshoots. So they added in more stuff and cut stuff out. Um, they did about, I think, I read two to three months of reshoots, which was a lot of reshoots. I, um, I figure I was honestly surprised Sam Raimi made it to the end of the film <laughs> um, because, I mean, his Spider-Man direction was a little different. But I I was afraid that this was going to be another. Um, uh, what the fuck is his name? Um, the guy who did like Shaun of the Dead, who was supposed to do Ant-Man. Oh, oh, uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. That's okay. it. Yeah. Um, I was afraid it was going to be another Edgar Wright situation. Well, they, well, they just took him off the film entirely. He, right. came, he came in as a replacement from the guy who directed the first Doctor Strange, Raimi. Oh, he did. He, oh, was, he, he was the replacement. Yes, okay, he was gotcha. the replacement. The first, the first guy quit over creative differences. Oh, right. Okay. So he might not have liked this version or where it was going. Then Raimi came in. I think they then rewrote some of it or whatever. They had to rewrite some of it. Anyway, this was, this was supposed to come out originally before No Way Home. So the order is supposed to be like multiverse set up and then capitalized in the Spider-Man movie. Wasn't this supposed to be like 2020? Uh, this was supposed to be a year ago. Originally, okay, yeah. So like the whole order got switched. They had a, that was probably part of the reshoots and rewriting. But um, I, I kind of prefer it like this, uh, where you kind of they will WandaVision and then Loki set up the multiverse stuff that's happening now, um, and then then they blow it all open with. Uh, no way home, Spider Man, and then here's the big, big version of it. The big, big version of it. Big, big. But and now you have them transporting different multiverses. Oh, wait, obviously, okay. Lots of spoilers. We should say, lots of spoilers coming. It's been spoiler free so far. I'll say here's my spoiler free version of this. I think this was the most. I'm not saying it was the best MCU movie. It's not. I enjoyed this more than almost any other MCU movie because it was obviously yes one director's vision, and of course you had the MCU tropes in there a little bit but it wasn't like every every two seconds here's we're gonna, we need a funny quip every two seconds now every two seconds we got to do this to light the mood no this was a horror movie it was structured like a horror movie it felt like a horror movie there were jump scares there was gruesome things happening in this movie that that uh, i don't know if not, there was anything oh too my, too gruesome oh my fucking god we're gonna get spoiled. there's nothing gruesome happening nothing gruesome i didn't say nothing gruesome i said it's not i don't think that this was there was a lot of violence but there was not a lot of gore if you added some blood splatter this movie it would have been r yes that's what i said just yesterday blood. when we were talking just blood because it wasn't that gory it was violent, but it was not that gory. That was my argument. You saying they would have to add blood to make it an That's R. That's the only thing that did not make right. it R. Gore. Gore was missing to make blood it an R. Blood is not gore. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Go fast forward in your car, 20 minutes forward to be sure. Spoilers or on YouTube, shut it off. Heads get popped in this movie. Yes. Multiple heads. That's gory. And it's not gore. Heads get popped. And there wasn't a lot of blood. Blood means gore. It was violent. You're, you're missing violence there was and gore. There was blood on the, the, the Captain, uh, Captain Carter's shield that fucking sliced her in half. Yeah, it was hilarious. That's <laughs> more gore than we've seen in any MCU movie. Sure. Like that's like, but we're, we need uh, to not compare it to other MCU movies in terms of uh, the rating. That's all I'm getting at. There is a. I would not let a kid see this movie if I was a parent. 
no way in hell would an eight-year-old see this movie. This is extreme for them. <laughs> okay. I mean, we what? Just, are you, I, I, are you I serious? I think it would be fine for a kid. Oh, my God. I don't know if we have different uh, thoughts about what kids should be seeing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. Some I, kids are nightmares from this. Yes, they could. But I don't think it's something that is so bad that no kid should see it. I think parents could decide. I never said that. I, think, I never said. I think parents could decide. That, yes, this isn't. There are this, certainly some kids that would probably get nightmares and freak out from it. Absolutely. This is a horror film. Wanda walks around with other people's blood on her in this movie. This is not. She offs superheroes like they're nothing in this movie. They cut out uh, uh, one that I, I'll get into. Mordo, the Mordo from the original film was killed by Wanda in the original, uh, supposedly the original cut of the film. They, oh, really? They cut that scene entirely because he doesn't show up. He was like the, one of the main people said was a villain in the first Doctor Strange. Right. It was already like six years ago at this point. God, it was so long ago. And he's nowhere to be seen in the regular universe, like the regular universe. Regular universe. Yes. yes. He's in the movie, just not the regular yes. universe. Yes. He's, that's why he's not there. Wanda offs him. She, he goes oh, after okay. her. Gotcha. Obviously, she, she's the whole point of that moral in the first one is like you're corrupting nature being a wizard. I have to kill the wizards. Well, she's corrupting nature as a as a witch. Right. And so he tries and obviously she deals with him. That, that, so that's gone in the movie. Um, so in terms, of, in terms of the length, the reason I say should have given more time to breathe, I, I kept up with the plot. I could see how some people wouldn't have been able to, especially if they didn't see WandaVision, if they didn't see Loki. They don't go back and re-explain anything, really. Sure, I didn't um, see either of those either, but I guess just an overall understanding of the Marvel Universe has kept me pretty so, much... So, yeah, sure, sure. So Frank had seen the commercials and knew the basic concept of WandaVision. He knew, like, she took over a town. Right. So, like, they reference that and mention it briefly, but they don't get into, like, the details of, like, her coming into Scarlet Witch her getting the book, like stuff like that is glossed over. Okay. Because that's a big thing. Because if you saw this Wanda without seeing WandaVision, you'd be like, why is she, why is she so evil now? Like you wouldn't, well, you, you I, sort of skipped, you skipped over something. Right. And I think yeah. even though I didn't see it, it was just general knowledge of kind of what happened. Th- that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like you could have spent a little bit of time explaining that for, for an audience or even me. Cause I even forgot some of what happened to WandaVision. Now it came out a year ago and I was like, Oh, that happened. She got this book thing. I knew she became the Scarlet Witch. I sort of forgot the ending of, of WandaVision there. I, I, uh, so that was the one thing I was like, okay, you could have explained that to, to some people. If they, if some people had just seen the movies, it's like, wow, this isn't the Wanda I just saw. That's right. I, mean. like, I do have um, to say, I really enjoyed, uh, um, Wanda in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, oh it, it, they, they finally really kind of captured the, the wildness of Scarlet Witch oh, yeah. in the comics. It's nuts. She, she's, she's, a, she's off a rocker. Oh. She can be good or bad, and it doesn't take a whole lot to swing oh, her either way. Bad. This is yeah. bad. And yeah. it's funny on Twitter when you see people are like, oh, Wanda didn't do anything wrong. She was greedy for kids. Like, no, nah, she's a mass murderer. Like, let's let's calm down here. I, yeah. it's, it's weird how these people try to, like, glom on to these mass murderers in movies, like fucking in Star Wars. They're like, ah, oh, Kylo Ren is a cool, cool dude. No, he murdered tons of people. Killmonger did nothing wrong. It's yeah. like, okay. We have this weird, like, villain worship. Now you see why people write letters to serial killers. Like, it's the same mindset. It's like identifying with the good inside a monster. But anyway, so um, the other reason I thought they could have expanded out, um, there was a couple of moments. Uh, the first 20 minutes, there's so much action. I love the structure of this movie. It comes well, that's out why I see. I um, liked the fact I don't think any, I wouldn't want anything added there because I like for once. I saw a Marvel movie mm-hmm. that just got to the fucking point it and under- yeah. understands that the viewers at this point are comic readers mm-hmm. or people who have watched the shows or people who, if they have not watched the shows like me, are probably going to be able to understand and figure out 
what's yes. what's going on. It was not there was no origin nonsense, and yeah, it gets started almost comically quick. Yes. But I, 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 that's I think one of my favorite parts about it. We, you get two hours and five minutes of story and development yeah. of the story. Yeah, there's no sitting around. Yeah. There's no, there's no bullshit. The, the only thing I would would add was obviously uh, some of the the sorcerers. Uh, was is, what's the name of where the word Carmitage? What the hell is it called? Uh, I'm looking at the plot thing where they go Carmitage. So Wong is so good. I love Wong. So, but there was something going on between him and 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 the female sorcerer that sacrificed herself. There was they cut out something. There. Oh yeah, there was definitely something there. And with the and with the Minotaur like like wizard like there's something they, they probably cut out like two or three minutes i'm thinking while they were there like sure because i'm like they look at each other and there's something that i'm like okay she's and they, they referenced her before it's like there was something here between some relationship a pupil thing going on or she liked him or something and that was like that stuff like that i think they could have put back in maybe this could be like i would have liked that it was just, like i said it was I little can't, are, no so here's my thing it's i little. think you're i think you're right there i wouldn't have it's minded little. i wouldn't have minded seeing that um would have made that seem a little bit better, but I really just like the fact that it seems like Raimi, like, and, they, they cut it down. And speaking of it horror. It looks like a fucking statement to me, like, to, to make a Marvel movie these oh, days sure. that's two hours and five minutes and long. Speaking of horror, that was one of the, the images of her stabbing the fucking book and oh, disintegrating yeah. and burning up. I was like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that was, that was. I was saying, this is, there's some heavy imagery in this movie that I was sure. shocked to see because it's Raimi. But I was like, man, if they give this an R rating, I wouldn't have argued with it. For that, I um, wouldn't have. And supposedly there is an R cut, obviously with right. More release stuff the Rami cut. That's what I said. Release to you last the Rami I would, I would like to see that. I'm um, sure there is an R cut with more blood, more gore. Yeah. I would love to see it. Um, I would love to see uh, 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 Captain Captain Carter. Carter. I'd love to see that in with, with just like seeing yeah, it, <laughs> just <laughs> sliced right in half. That, and and, I, I, and that's where the movie almost like that's like the middle of the movie where it kind of slows down for a little bit when they went to that one. <sighs> Uh, and they went to the Illuminati. I and I will of, say that's the one part where I can picture Raimi saying, all right, I got to put this in the movie. I don't want to. No. Yeah. And that was the part that I didn't yeah. like as much. And obviously they used it as a way to show um, Xavier and uh, um, Reed Richards uh, kind of give people the hint that, and you know. Back, and they brought back um, uh, Black Bolt from Inhumans, the show that no one saw. Oh, yeah, I never saw it. <laughs> but it was the same actor. Oh, it was the same actor. Okay. Yeah. So, um he was one, he's like the only character I would have wanted to see in the Eternals anyway. I like Black Bolt. And then Captain Carter was in the What If cartoon series. I and then Monica seen. Rambo. Uh, oh yeah, the, the alternate uh, I guess Captain Marvel. She's been she's probably going to be in the sequel uh, uh, Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the that was the part that made me realize okay, I'm watching a Marvel movie. Yes. And it's like you said, yeah. Frank's complaint. There's too many heroes. I understand that that's not the way it's going to be, and I understand your. Especially in some of the other superhero movies, it makes sense. But I really, I would have liked to have seen this a little leaner for that part. Yes, because that's where that's literally like the middle. I was trying to. That's why it. I that's don't like the middle of the movie. That's like yeah. That's why I don't feel like they needed to add time. I feel like you could have cut something there and added something else. Well, there. that was like sort of like exposition. It was it was like exposition, but we knew what was happening with Wanda at that point. We knew Wanda right. was trying to get. Um, uh, America Chavez, uh, Sochietal Gomez, uh, did a great job. She was, she was great. The problem was the writing of her character wasn't the best. She didn't have a whole lot to do besides basically playing as the Deus Ex device. Ba- basically, she was the MacGuffin. Yeah, she was, she was the movie's MacGuffin for for Wanda, which I get, but like she had nothing else to do. Um, so I kind of felt 
like I'm trying to figure like how do you write that character? I guess one of my problems is that the power she has is so weird that even if they explained it, maybe they will in a future. I don't know anything about the character. Uh, if they try to explain the character, she can create portals to the multiverse. Uh, if they stopped to do that, would have made the, would it made it better? Because as it stands, it's, it was almost like wow, you just need her as the plot device that she's chasing after, like a horror movie. That's what it's a horror movie. She's trying to right. get something. You know, I think uh, it was so, just to get her in there and get her into people's minds. Not to say that your complaint isn't uh, valid. It is. Uh, no, I, I like. I mean, I liked her inter- interplay with Doctor Strange. It was yeah. fine. Um, it, they had sort of a protege. That I, liked. I loved how he called her kid. Yeah. Because it reminded me of Temple of Doom with short round. Yep. And yep. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love all that. I loved it. It's just that like her character was underwritten. There was. Yeah. I needed a She'll bit She'll get more, more time to like, develop later. Like you had the parents thing and try to find your parents. Like she, she caused her parents to go off somewhere. So I'm like. Clearly that'll uh, be the focus of a movie in the future. Yeah. Or like. Or like or she'll, be part, she'll be part of the new, the new Avengers or whatever. Sure. Yeah. They'll do that. But. um. Uh, but no, I I loved how they didn't hold back with like one that just messed up everyone. Like, yeah, she it, was great. And it was she from was the start. Was she was she ruined uh, Carmitage and messed up everyone and, and was killing everyone left. And the horror scene, like when they're like waiting for Wanda to come, that's where it went, that's when I said this is a Raimi movie. All the zooms and the weird angles, oh, yeah. looking around, and then like they're, they're letting Raimi cook. He's he's directing how he wants to direct. They, I was like the yes, but I've never seen Raimi cook quite like or uh, you know he had to ha- he was allowed to have some fun uh the battle between the two strangers. Yes. With the music and the soundtrack. And yes. I I feel like there's going to be I feel like that uh, scene is going to split people. I loved it. But I loved it. Yeah, I loved everything about it. it Cuz one so of my <laughs> because one of my main issues with the Doctor Strange stuff so far is the magic he uses is always like one of two or three things. Yes. It's always like a shield. It's always the fucking, they, they overuse the sling ring. Yep. Or they do the whip. Yep. And that's not what Doctor Strange is supposed to do, like these weird abstract spells. Yes. I know it's hard to show on screen, but, but that's they where nailed like, it. That's there. it. Yes. That's the weird shit. You see, you, you saw the notes, then they get thrown. Okay, we're going to do a note back because that's what's in front of your eyes. I yep. thought it was brilliant. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know if Randy came up with that or not, or it was a, a team thing, but I'm like, that is that was better use of magic than I've ever seen. Besides the fight with Thanos and turning the stuff into butterflies and stuff, like, oh, that was sure. pretty cool. But like that was that was a moment where I'm like this is this is fucking. This is one of the first times in an MCU movie where like the last half hour is is like the best part of the it's movie. It's best because because so many MCU uh, movies I like the early part, the story building, and then the finales all yes. go to shit with bad CG. Um, yes. Not this one. This even, one because even as much as uh, we love uh, Winter Soldier, the last twenty minutes is not the best part of the movie. No. It's not. It's fine, but it's not the best part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and th- and in this movie, it is. And then like um, the, uh, the, the the necromancing stuff, I was grinning ear to ear when I was like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna uh, was it was, was it sleepwalk into the the corpse?" I'm like, "This is dreamwalk." And, and, dreamwalk. and, and uh, according to uh, Vani, they actually it, it makes it, it they pull. She loved it because they pulled from uh, Marvel zombies. Okay. Um, because how Marvel Zombies comes about is the multiverse shit and stuff oh, going really? through gates. So I don't know a whole lot about that series. Vani always said it was says it's pretty fun. But yeah, that so they even pulled weird shit into the movie. But but, but seeing a, a rotting corpse of Doctor Strange <laughs> being controlled and then his yeah. demons this demon screeching and being like a cape and and like their voice. I'm like, that's Sam Raimi. They, and that's, like, that's that's like that's what yes. this is a say. Say what you will about the other things, but this his stamp is on this movie more so than maybe like. Gal- and I've seen Gal- that in Gal- a lot Gal- of I've seen that yeah. in a lot of the reviews. They say uh, a third of a Sam Raimi movie is better than no Sam Raimi movie yes. at all, and it really is a third. Um, finishes great, and then uh, what was like? Oh shit! There was something else I was going to say about it. 
Oh, and that's really where, like, I, I, I say online that it's goofy or kind of dumb. I don't mean dumb in a bad way. It's really goofy at the end, and it's going to divide some people. I loved it. I, I thought, it, I, I, it, to me, it was, it was refreshing to see someone kind of have fun with the Marvel Universe, because I haven't seen that in many, yes. many years. Let's do something stupid, but within the rules... And it's out there, but it still makes sense. And I, and Thor, the Thor movies, they let Taika Waititi do that. But this was even this was even to, a bit yeah, sillier. Not to this extent. Right. This was this was like, all right, we have a corpse walking around weird. And then the demons. Like, yeah, like that's that. that was, cool. I mean, come on. I was literally great. I was like, I was <laughs> yeah. like smiling when I saw the corpse get reanimated. Yeah. I'm like, this is so Raimi. Yeah, you actually get a um, payoff in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. And obviously you got to sit through. Like I said, you get the big battle with Wanda. That's all MCU. It's like almost like too right. much. it's almost like too much. She's just destroying everything. There's like no stakes involved. But I like that they got out of the way early. They showed she's a threat like 20, they did. 20 minutes in. She's like attacking. It's like right out of the. And the, the action scenes in the movie are insane too. There's just so many of them. We haven't even mentioned uh, Shumagorath. I was so happy to see Shumagorath. Was, was it the monster in the beginning? Oh yeah, that's. that's oh yeah, monster. I love Shumagorath. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great fight scene. It was good, but that's like an MCU scene. That's not like yes. a thing. But, but they kind of get that out of the way first, yes. so that like they can really tick off all the boxes. Yes. Um, and even even the uh, the multiverse stuff in terms of like going the other realities was cool. Like that scene where they go to paint and they go to yeah, they're, they're frying it. I'm like, that's some cool. And she's imagery. like, you don't want to get stuck in the paint. You don't want to get stuck in the paint eat. again. Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I like I said, I liked it. I wish you can do these movies. It's a shame that like it's been like five, six, say six years between the sequel. So like sixteen or seventeen? It's like late sixteen uh, for the first one. It's like you got to do movies more than once every six years with these with these characters like this and. I love that these movies, uh, at least for Doctor Strange, they feel at least a little bit different. The first one did too, but not like this. Not like this. Um, and so this is the direction where I'm to go. And then obviously there's a, there's the, the mid credits um, payoff. I did not know who the character was. I look it up. I was not familiar with that character. Who is it? That Charlie's the Rome played it. Someone named Clea, who's also I guess a sorceress or like a multiverse okay. thing. Okay, yeah, I don't know um, that. So. And then obviously you get Bruce Campbell cameo, which is fantastic. Yes, I was happy to see that. I stayed to the end. No one in the theater knew it wasn't me. I was the only one. I, I waited because Vani was like, "I can't wait. I got to get up. I got to use the bathroom." And I was like, "I'm waiting," because in my head I'm like, "They're gonna, they're gonna there go back all... to Bruce." I was like, "Sam Raimi's gonna go back to Bruce." Yes. So yeah, I was happy to oh, see and, that. And his car was in there too. Did you see what the car was? No, his car was uh the the, the multiverse uh, for, for the the Doctor Strange that they near the end. The car was like floating around. Oh really? Supposedly. <laughs> Nice. It was like the 74 car, whatever the hell that is. That's in every movie. So, like I said, I'm, I'm happy. Maybe, you know, Sam Raimi hasn't directed a huge amount of movies the past 10 years. I think. No. So, like, hopefully this gets him back into it. Yeah. Because, like, oh, God, it was like, wow, it felt like its own movie, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, wow, it feels like its own thing. It feels yes. like its own thing. Yeah. I, would, I could make argue this, but it felt more like its own thing than even Guardians of the Galaxy because it was yeah. so out there. We, we disagree about the gore. Real quick about the, the Mr. Fantastic and all of them getting slaughtered. Um, John Krasinski is cast as him. He was fan casting to do the actual movie. I don't know if this is him saying, I'm not going to be in the full movie. You got me as this variant. I think it's really weird to show that character getting off that, off that brutally. Who's going to be a main character in the movie that comes out next year. I would not have done that. If I was like, if I was Kevin Feige, I'd be like, I don't think we should do that. Me personally. I know he's on the, the real, not in the comics. I think it's weird showing the death of a character. That's going to be a huge movie coming out. I just think it's weird to do that. Maybe well, I think that's else. how they're. Yeah, I'm not sure. Unless how they can build that into the story of the Fantastic Four, I don't think they will because the character's gone. Popped his fucking skull and brain. No, well. that was Black Bolt. Well, he got popped as well. Shredded up and he got shredded and his yeah. head popped. Oh, okay. Yeah. You remember that? That's why I said multiple heads got popped. Um, and then, got, yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing I wondered though about um, Patrick Stewart. 
being Xavier. I think that's, just, I think that's they a, killed him. I think either it's a one-off or you're going to have some story where the X-Men want to get revenge against Wanda, maybe, but but Wanda killed herself, spoilers, but she didn't kill herself in that universe. She's a house mom. Well, they, the, so, the mid-credit yeah. thing is whoever that chick is grabbing Doctor Strange and being like, we have to fix an incursion. So I have a feeling we're going to end up with those characters back. We're just going to mash two worlds together. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, no. The X-Men are coming in. That was like the first yeah. where the X-Men coming in. It showed that, hey, there's mutants right. with him. Um, Clea is, um, what the hell can she do? She's like a sorceress. Okay. Her name is Clea Strange. Spoilers. So she's like a multiverse Doctor Strange uh, being. Interesting. It looks like. There you go. I'll ask Vani about her. Uh, a lot of these characters are bringing in are like within the past 10, 10, 12, 15 years. So I don't know them. Like I didn't know. I had heard of uh, American Chavez, but I did never read a comic with her. Uh, no, this one's, this one's an older one. See, like I said, I'd never heard of it. It was like it's from the 70s. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I had fun with it. I did. It got me kind of re- reinvigorating me a little bit. I think the next Thor is going to be good. The next Thor is already two months away only. The next Thor will be good, and I'm interested in seeing... I'm I'm cautiously interested in seeing where they go with some of these. I'm not going to see every fucking No, no, movie. I'm not. I didn't see Black Widow. I didn't see Eternals. Yeah, I didn't see Black Widow or Eternals. I still haven't seen uh, Moon Knight. I got to watch it. Moon Knight's good. I'm just trying to like... It's been so many. This is the 28th movie that they've come out with yeah. in 14 years. All right, we got to move on, though. We got to move on. We got to move on. Uh, Fun little story. A roboticist, this is an article from PC Gamer, a roboticist built a hardware aimbot that could outperform the pros until it aimed so hard it died. All right. So most aimbots, of course, are software. Uh, You usually have to charge, you know, you pay money for them. They run in the background of your computer. They help you cheat. Uh, They make you an asshole. Um, Kamal Carter, though, thought he would have some fun and made a hardware aimbot that actually moves a mouse and you can see what he made it's a little square with basically four wheels and it kind of like how a trackball would work but reverse and the wheels move the mouse wow okay so pro players so he he tested it out at aim labs aim lab is a uh it's a like a a program you can use that basically rates how well you can aim okay um average players get scores of like 40 to 50,000 on aim lab. Um, pro players get 80 to 90,000 on aim lab. <laughs> His hardware bot got 118,494 <laughs> on aim lab. And he was really hoping to uh, like test it against some actual Valorant players. Um, like he was hoping to take it to like competitions and have like Valorant sure, players try to play it. it. Uh, but it broke. It aimed so hard it broke and one of the wheels broke. Oh no. <laughs> so uh, I, it, it says that he's Going done with quickly, it for now. Yeah. Like moving around just quickly. And, yeah. Right. Probably blew it out. Um, but it, yeah, he said it's, you know, that's the end of it for now, but he'll probably return to it. Uh, but yeah, neat little neat little story about. Uh, they even mentioned in the article, you know, something you can do so easily with a program. This guy decided to actually have fun with it and see if he could recreate it in hardware, and sure as shit did. You can recreate fun at ultimateintendo.com. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. There's lots of fun you can recreate. You can recreate fun with getting the RBI baseball stickers, the enamel uh, pins, running out in the podcast once, the certain NES Super Nintendo guidebooks as well uh, there. Um, and then uh, I'll be on Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash ContraCode for all your 70s, 80s, and 90s commercials needs. Needs And uh, uh, cameo.com slash uh, Pat Contry. No Mother's Day wishes, well wishes, on the cameo this year. That's huh. fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, as well. 
Uh, Ian, the video game Hall of Fame finalists were announced. They were we talked about. Um, I think we both came up fifty fifty. Uh, yeah, I think so. I was I was uh, surprised about a couple, and um, I think I picked Civilization too, as well. I know I didn't pick Civilization, Zelda. comma T O O as, uh, as uh, well. Civilization yes. too, but yeah, I can't okay. remember exactly what I picked. I'm so, pretty sure I got. Two out of the four, if not three out of the four. Headline, AP News. Rochester, New York. More than 40 years after blazing a trail for female video game characters, Miss Pac-Man was inducted Thursday into the World Video Game Hall of Fame, along with Dance Dance Revolution, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Sid Meier's Civilization. All right. What a newsy voice. So I had chosen a DDR, Civilization, uh, Candy Crush, So I thought a mobile game should make it. <laughs> and then I picked, uh, God, what was the fourth one I picked? Holy shit, I forget the fourth one I picked. I gotta go back. Go back a, few, like a month and see what I picked. Yeah, I uh, need to know too. Uh, let me see what, what the ones that there were on the nominees and, and, and it would come to my head. So, so uh, DDR made sense because that's like an arcade I think thing, DDR made game. sense to both of us. Ms. Pac-Man made more sense to me than you, but I understood your reasoning for not picking it. Civilization made sense. Zelda did not make any sense to me. Yeah, Ocarina of Time, we, we said it was like, well, it's a 3D Zelda. Great. But like, that's like... I understand people love it. It's one of people's favorite Zeldas. It's one a lot of people grew up with. They already have Legend of Zelda in the Hall of Fame. Right. And, and like, they have, you know, it, Super Mario 64 is the one that really blew up in 3D platformers and 3D gaming. So, in terms of, like, consoles, at least. In terms of that format. I almost, um, almost feel like only one iteration of any game should be allowed in because you're representing the whole series I guess you're not, though, according to how people are voting. Sure. sure. That's the thing. Like, right. Miss Pac-Man is a sequel to Pac-Man. It's a, it's the most important arcade game ever, arguably. But so, but like I don't think it should have got in this soon compared to everything else, right? Or give them more time between because I do think I, I, I Rogue was my long shot. I really oh, I knew that wasn't Rogue. coming in. We, we knew that wasn't coming in. It deserves it though. I yeah, mean, it's not an point. entire fucking genre. Yeah, at some point, not not right now. Well, know? I feel like it definitely could have taken the place of Zelda or Ms. Pac Man. Oh yeah, I would I wouldn't argue that. Um, now I'm trying to think what, what the fourth nominee I, I, I had uh, was. Um, it was... Oh, Resident Evil was the one that you picked. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure you picked Resident Evil. Oh, you're right, you're right. I guess because of the horror stuff, maybe? The horror stuff, and also, is, I, I think, I mean, it's a different kind of 3D game, too. Okay. I think I think you might have picked Resident Evil. Because wow. I remember you picked something that you don't ever really talk about or play, and I was like, yeah, it's well, a good point. Candy Crush I did, too, but... <laughs> sure. Candy Crush is now 10 years old. Jesus Christ. That, that was one of the first big, probably the first big smartphone games, you can say, Candy Crush. That's the one everyone heard of uh, on, on there. Because even like the, the the Flappy Bird thing, that was like, this is the, that was like, Flappy Bird was like um, a, a moment in time. Yes. But it, a fad, it wasn't really, you know, there was like the huge Flappy Bird series that people get on. But Candy Crush is huge. You know, uh, anyway, so that was fun. Um, maybe in the future you can do more than four, maybe five. You know, but whatever. You're never going to get through a lot of these. We'll be dead. Yeah, less nominees or honestly induct five a year. Five or six. I mean, come on. You know, there's, there's, there's. We a- got a lot of catching up to do. That's what I said. Like, if you did, ten- you could slow it down at some point, but we got a lot of catching yeah, up. Start to do. ten a year, the first five years, maybe get like a nice 50, 50 piece. Uh, do that. 
Speaking of Hall of Fame games, Ian, Duke Nukem. Yeah, I uh, slapped this on here when I thought we would have less to talk about. Don't really care about Duke Nukem forever. However, it is interesting that a 2001 build, the 2001 build of Duke Nukem Forever did leak. I believe this was the one that was shown off at E3. Yes, uh, the game's most famous trailer. The one that was originally going to Yeah, showed off a bombastic explosion-filled romp in this article from Ars Technica by oh, Sam Makovich. Um, but basically it, it talks about how it was leaked on 4chan uh they uh, it has a smattering of test levels they recorded a level of um gameplay set in a strip club called slick willy okay. which is certainly uh duke nukem-esque and uh yeah uh i don't know if that has been leaked to the public yet but I have a feeling it will probably find its way out there soon enough. So, so, so he called the bluffs people saying, oh, you really don't have it. And then they released uh, footage. Yeah, I guess so. Um, trying to see the article here. Who's, who's this person that re- released it? I don't know. It says someone released it on 4chan. I don't know if it actually said who released wow. it. Wow. They got out. Um, let's see. Sam, Sam's final word here. With, with the re- release game now past 11 year mark. God, that came out. 11 years ago, the one that finally came out? Yeah, wow. It's arguable that any leaked files fall under the category of historical curiosity about the making of games, gaming's best-known vaporware, though if a leak includes classic games still actively, actively re-released by their platform holders, the ethics may be iffier. Either way, count us among the curious to see, where, see exactly where this 2001 build lands in terms of both playability and completed action sequences, and how the community might respond to any source code leak. Could an enterprising fan finish what 3D Realm started, or at least do so differently than Gearbox Software did? Because I, I guess we'll, we'll, we won't know until people look into it how closely that release was to the, this one. Yeah. I guess it was somewhat similar, but like they still had to recreate a game. I, like, I have no idea. What a weird story that. Well, at least it got out, and I guess some people liked it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NFT market market may be crashing, Ian. Yes, I cannot get this article to load, but uh, Wall Street Journal did a very similar one um, talking about how NFT sales has plummeted 92%. That's from the peak uh, based upon daily average sales. So in in the fall, it was 225,000 sales at the the peak, and now the daily average is 19,000. So they're going off of of volume. Yes. And um, a lot of uh, NFT buyers uh, started crying and howling at these articles when they came out being like, well, you're only looking at one exchange and all that nonsense. But it's the biggest exchange. I believe this article, these articles have been looking at OpenSea. Mm -hmm. Uh, OpenSea is the biggest, most popular exchange. So if you're seeing a 92% plummet in sales on OpenSea, I don't think that means that other exchanges are magically doing better. If your best is doing poorly, then all the other small ones are probably doing poorly as well. Or not certainly, probably, you know, they're not they're not gonna make up for the for the one biggest marketplace. Right, exactly. They're not, not gonna make up for it. Um and then oh, this is an article from the past day uh happening uh from what is this website? Actionnetwork.com. NFTs crash as Bitcoin and Ethereum fall. Because remember, Ethereum's tied to most of these NFTs. Uh, Ethereum's uh, tied to most NFTs. Yeah. Board eight floor down 53% in 10 days. 
So the, the, you talk about the apes. The apes are like one of the ones. Like, okay, these are the ones. These are the blue. This is they're the your, blue, they're your the blue, blue chip chippers. NFTs. <laughs> okay, well, if that means anything. Um, so this is article. I'll, I'll put it here, Ian, because we'll follow up on this, and we're going to hammer home. I mean, I mean, we don't have to hammer home how how awful NFTs are. It's just the very, very vocal minority that have yes. so much money that try to like yell at us. And like, I expect and, to see a reemergence of them in, po- in 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 mainstream news for a little bit, and also maybe on on my timeline on Twitter mm-hmm. because they're going to get real, real loud as they try to save their money. Oh yeah, uh, this article from Darren Roble updated on my birthday, May 9th. Plummeting cryptocurrency prices are wreaking havoc on NFTs. On top of that. As Bitcoin and Ethereum flirted with 10% drops in one day, wow, the sale of NFTs sell too. Uh, the so-called blue chip NFTs were not saved from the carnage. One person who sold, who sold off was the owner of Board Ape number 4688, who bought it two weeks ago for $418,656. He sold it on Monday for $240,596. Smart business investment. A loss of $178 thousand dollars pat math that's like 45 percent gone in two weeks the floor price for a cheapest board eight for the cheapest board ape 10 days ago was four hundred and nineteen thousand two hundred seventy three by 5 p.m on monday the floor was down to a hundred and ninety eight thousand two hundred and thirty a drop of nearly 53 percent one crypto punk sold for 106 106 thousand the lowest price for a crypto punk in nine months so this is what's going to happen. You get, you're going to have the panic sellers start to happen. Yep. This is with any crash. The people that got him realize, oh, I got I to cut my losses. Like that person, who in their right mind would buy something for four hundred twenty? Uh, excuse me, four hundred eighteen thousand, and then sell it for one hundred seventy eight thousand less in two weeks? Someone who sees the writing on the wall. Someone who says, I got to. I, I made a, a bad, bad idea. This is a bad decision. It's about to. Be, it, it, I want to do it now before it becomes worse. Yeah. Before I lose mostly everything. And that's the problem. With, Half a million dollars. When something is based only purely on hype and speculation, uh, a, a, a digital good which has zero world war, real world value on the surface, a digital good, it all takes is for a couple of cracks to come through. Yeah. A couple of cracks right there, and then it's a flood. flood these people up. panic. People start to see a small drop. More people panic. Yep. Larger drop. And then there's not enough uh, money to come in to try to try to like uh, prop it up, right? Probably gonna see that see that with uh, like the water and seal game stuff. That's probably gonna happen. I, I feel like we have a lot of people here who are doing this who have probably put in all the money they they can put in, or a lot, or or maybe their millionaires have money to play with that realize okay, I already made some money. Now I got right. Get but out. what I'm saying is, I think yeah. we're getting to the point where even the millionaires and billionaires who are playing in this pool are probably like, I don't want to put any more money into this because it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's one of those things where eventually someone's going to stop throwing in good money after bad. Yeah. Remember, this is only like a year old NFTs that we know. Like a year. It's, it's been 20 years with all this shit that's happened. Beanie Babies lasted longer. Now it's at least a physical object. You can have your kid play with it. You yeah. can display them. Um, the, the, the Web3 is going great account every day. Oh, 180,000 gone. 2 million gone from this rug pull or this hack, this collapse. How long can this be sustained where people are losing, obviously collectively worldwide, millions of dollars a day are being, uh, dollars are being lost to, to grifters and, and thieves and hackers mm-hmm. to these marks? Or like this, at some point, people got to say, hey, I'm a mark. 
I can't keep losing money. Like, right. at some point, I can't keep being a mark. Collectively, you have to realize what this is. Like, collectively. Obviously, you're going to have winners in here. You're going to say, oh, Pat, I bought my NFT for ten grand and sold it for a hundred. I get it. But overall, this is bad for the collective. Like, just the same thing with crypto in general. Uh, overall, you're going to have a lot more individual uh, losers versus the small amount of winners in it. Right. Whales. This is how this is how it works. I'm not I'm not saying anything crazy, am I? I go to search for Web3 is going great on Twitter, and it's the first. It's like my most recent search. I check this account all the time. Yeah. Well, is there anything good coming up? Um, is this coming up, this article? Uh, no, it's just just people admitting to rug pulls. Yeah. Former footballer Michael Owen claims his NFTs will be the first ever that can't lose their initial oh, value. Can't lose, Ian. Can't lose their initial value. Can't lose. That's insane. Oh, my God. It's It's bad. All right. Well, you know. Get in early, Ian. Yeah, get in early. If someone relies on you financially, a child, a parent, or even a business partner, life insurance gives you peace of mind that they have a financial cushion if something happens to you. Typically, life insurance gets more expensive as you age, so it's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Policy Genius can help you make sure you're not paying a cent more than you have to for the coverage you need. Unfortunately, having life insurance through your job may not be enough. Most people need up to 10 times more coverage to properly provide for their families. And a big life event may be coming up. Whether you're graduating from school, planning a wedding, welcoming a baby, or switching jobs, Now's the time to protect your family's finances. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find the insurance you need at the right price. Head to policygenius.com slash podcast to get started. In minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. The licensed agents at Policy Genius are on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options and make your decisions with confidence. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. Policy Genius doesn't add on any extra fees, and they don't sell your info to third parties. Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. They have options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed over 150 billion in coverage. Head to policygenius.com slash CU podcast to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Ian. Yep. There's been some some minor movement in the Intellivision Amico in terms of just uh, news coming out behind the scenes that confirms stuff that we've known and also stuff that my source has told me over the past year about the the behind the scenes stuff going on at, at, at Intellivision Entertainment. It's a light entree of behind the, the scenes. Yeah, news. yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not a full course. We're not going to talk about it for an hour. This was uh, posted on the Intellivision Amico Reddit. Uh, by Gator Ruse, who has always been an all-star. Um, and basically, it's information that came from someone's stream. Uh, 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 uh. Hey, Pat Ian, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> How do you feel about that now? Um, anyways... You fucking moron! And then um, it, was, it was then it was a it was it was a live stream that was then taken off and then someone re-uploaded the unlisted. It looks like they re It's it's been re-uploaded. So gotcha. It's been, it's been saved. Oh, now the video's private. Okay, the video's private. Someone probably c- captured it. So, as Gatorade says here, take all of it with a grain of salt. Probably not a bad idea to trust anything coming out of this other person's mouth. One hundred percent. Oh sure. Um, fucking idiots. 
uh, Intelligent claimed that an angel investor was interested in February and they'd know in a week if it was going ahead. Then another week, then another week, and so on. This person seemed pretty sure they pulled out. I'm okay. going to go ahead and say this. I don't think they ever had an angel investor. So if you remember the, the, the timeline in February, that was when the start engine uh, stuff was, uh, was, was going on. Yeah. Um, and then you had uh, uh, Phil Adam, Phil Adam uh, say, um, we've got to enter a quiet period. Yeah. We've got to enter a quiet period. We might be talking to people. And so uh, obviously it was unraveling at that point. Yes. It was clearly, unraveling. Clearly unraveling. Um, with how you know Tommy and Phil and all of in television and, and what what was the what's the Gopher guy's name? Uh, the the Gopher guy, uh, Nick 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 Richards. Um, I, I can tell you right now, I don't think there was ever an angel investor. I think they just lied again to keep it going for a little bit longer. I don't think yeah. at, how could how could anyone with a fucking brain be interested in it? I don't think there's anything there to buy. Yeah, don't think it, it exists. Um, yeah. They have zero money. Zero money. That's the next point. Oh, real quick. Uh, yeah. So yeah. The, remember, Start Engine, the investment, they closed it. It looks like around March 1st is when they close it. They, they close the investment on that. And the quiet period shit was uh, happening. Right and I now. cannot uh, credit this person, but someone did reach out to um, Start Engine. Start Engine. And they said that they it was Start Engine that took them down. It was not in television that took them down. Oh, because there was like, there was, I guess somebody didn't pass like they the smell failed, test. So, or, they, they failed the smell test, basically. Which is like, you probably should have done that before you, you, let, you let the shit on your site, but they probably realized maybe through all the, some of the comments and some of the, they looked into it more like this seems, this seems even for us really bad investment, yeah. borderline probably scam. Sure. At this point, especially because that remember that good old SEC document would not have been existed. We know about it. Was it for them needing it for that start engine campaign? What what an idiotic move that was. Well, for them. we would it would have came out. But like that was just like all bare uh, bare faced. We have nothing going on here. We have we were so behind development by like a year or two. Uh, everyone, every credit was just about right or gave it too much credit. And we have awful loans. And we, we have board members getting paid insane interest rates and salaries. It was so funny when they tried to be like, well, it looks bad because, you know, you have to. No, I've, I've read SEC filings that look bad because they, they have to account for everything. Sure. But in reality, they're not. It's like, it's like when you do a Kickstarter and you have to put, well, what are the challenges going to be? What are the risks? Yeah, sure. You have to put it. Sure. No one looking at that SEC would have looked at that and been like, oh, this is normal. No, absolutely not. So they have, in quotes, zero money. Um, not a shock. Based upon the fucking exorbitant salaries getting paid to people, including people that have a stake in the company and including all the loans and like the Sudesh loans and the loans to Tommy and Nick, um, besides the salaries, besides the uh, renting out huge fucking office spaces in California, which goes to Nick, that money's getting paid to him. Buying and, a big metal sign for your rented office space. Having having mood lighting in your man cave office, uh, transporting all this shit over, having renting out space expensive space in utah that that that's been closed i think someone someone told me like since probably november mm -hmm. that's been closed that space like they they basically opened that shot footage there and then like closed it up they did the walkthrough they flew out nick Rip richards looking grumpy in his chair probably probably honestly just to shoot that fucking video showing hey we're at work in this office they had to rent that space they had yeah. to rent that space they, they, they might, have brought, might, might have leased the fucking monitors and everything that's in that office, or they gotta, or at least buy or buy or lease that shit. So like they have no money. I'm not shocked by that. I'm not shocked that uh, unfortunately a lot of people haven't gotten their their deposits back on on this console. 
They haven't gotten their deposit back. They're not speaking up about it because they don't want to rock the boat. A lot of these people are like the old school yep. and television fans that have hated to see the, the, the name of the television uh, dragged through the mud, but uh, not shocked uh, about that. Not shocked. Um, and one thing I want to say about these points, too, uh, like, is that we said earlier with taking from a grain of salt. This is all information that is coming from someone who is untrustworthy and is a rube. This person must have gotten their information from someone else in the company. Okay. Maybe Tommy themselves. So we don't know how much of this is actually true. But it sounds like a lot it, of it, it tracks. Tra- yeah, a lot of it tracks. It tracks? Um, I, yeah. I, it tracks? The board refuses to invest any more of their own money. Tommy's, uh, of course. No shit. Because they, they, they're going to lose it. Right. Uh, Sudesh is already asking for a hundred dollars off the top of every Amico. No one is putting in any more money. But he's already gotten paid uh, his fee for doing the loan. That was in the as he uh, yeah, prepaid right. him the fee, so he's not totally lost here. Uh, Tommy said, "This is one of my favorite Favorites. things ever." There's a ten percent chance the Amico will come out. That means it's zero. It's dead. It's dead in the water. I said, whenever Tommy made the prediction, you have to cut off like seventy percent off in the past. Yeah. Like when he said there's a fifty fifty chance, I said that means there's like a ten percent chance. If he says there's a ten percent chance, that means there's no way in hell. No way in hell this is ever coming out. No way. No way. Uh, at least in a commercial, they ship out some whatever handmade units they have lying around. Um, he He's, said they outright lied to him and others about pre order deposits being an escrow. Uh, yeah, none of them believe me when I when I said the SEC docs showed they were not. That's Gator who's saying that. Yeah, and well, that's, right. That's what I mean about you have these gullible marks, and yes. that's what you are. You're a fucking mark. You did Tommy's dirty work. You believed everything he said when he was an obvious fucking bald faced liar, and now you look like a goddamn fool on top of that. Hey, Patty and fuck you. And this isn't even <laughs> this isn't even the victory lap. Nope. Why would you believe someone? I, why wouldn't you say, well, you lied about every other fucking thing on the planet. You lied about you lied about release dates. You lied about how long you were in development. You lied about positions, uh, job positions uh, unfilled on the console being for accessories in the future that you were working on. So you believed them all there. And then you said, oh, I'll believe them on Astro Top. Like, I'll just like I'm never going to question anything. All for attention from Tommy fucking Tellerico. What a mark. Uh, the definition of a mark. Uh, what's next? Um, they horribly mismanaged things, but wouldn't go into detail. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, things were mismanaged from the get go. I, I mean, uh, he and, and, and uh, the one coming up, uh, he was uh, Tommy was forcibly ousted, and there was some kind of rift in the company. But he wouldn't go into it. That's what we reported here uh, from my source that there was something going on from at least fall of last year. There was there was two camps. There no was, offense to your source, yeah. but I don't think you needed a source to make that guess. It looks, I mean, that's oh, no. obviously what it looked like. But by, by, by I mean, this was happening from last fall, way before he, it's months before he got pushed sure. out. There was two camps. There was the Tommy's our cult leader camp. We got to follow. Tommy has the vision. We'll follow. And the more reasonable business uh, f- people are like, Tommy's leading us down a bad path. Yeah. We got to get him out. Unfortunately, that was a year and a half too late. That should have happened probably in early 2020. That Everything was too late with the Amico. Yes. But yes, yeah. especially that. Um, so that, that, those stories will come out. And I can't wait for Neither those. Can I. Like, you're going to have people when their NDAs are gone, or maybe they can even be probably enforced potentially uh, if, if there's like some sort of a buyout. It depends on who's yeah. it, who it's attached to. If it's sure. attached to Tommy, then they can be enforced. To an individual? I believe, yes. 
I think. Sure. Uh, but they don't last forever. Most most NDAs, NDAs don't. They're unenforceable to last forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it could be two years, three years. The point is that this will come out. Like, there's too many people that work for this company uh, there. Oh, by the way, staff is mostly gone. Speaking of that, staff is mostly gone. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even reported on that, but the uh, the subreddit has uh, the yeah the Reddit has been pretty good about pointing out uh, someone on there is paying attention to the LinkedIn profiles of the people who work there, and it's like every other day a new person is gone. Chief marketing officer is gone. I don't know what the hell you were doing before, chief marketing officer. Your your, your chief duty should have been muzzling fucking the, playing with his balls. Your, your, your chief uh, responsibility should have been muzzling the president slash CEO. That should have been. We'll do marketing by not letting him talk yeah. and do do it literally probably. God, someone's probably going to have a count of how many interviews he did with, with these starry eyed uh, YouTubers. It was probably over 100. I mean, easily over 100. Tommy says <clears throat> easily over 100 interviews with these rubes and marks and people that, you know, probably if, the, if they had, had more going on in their real life, wouldn't it let Tommy use them and abuse them? You know, at some point, you got to have self-respect. And stand up for yourself and realize you're being used like we said all along you were being used. Holy shit. For your own good. Listen listen to, to, to some criticism sometime. My God. Um, what's next here on this list? Anyway. Uh, uh, what? 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 Anyway. What, what, what's, what, what's got such an underused thing there? Um and then from uh, from also from Gatorus, uh, let's be clear. Nick and Tommy paid themselves back three hundred sixty four k instead of keeping the pre order yeah. deposit money yeah. safe. So when they so basically they lied about it being an escrow uh-huh. and uh, that money that could have been an escrow for the pre orders they used to pay back three hundred sixty four thousand dollars instead of keeping that pre order deposit so money safe to give it back to people. And that doesn't count their salaries they've taken. Uh, I mean, I've been very, very careful about using this word the whole time. But uh, whether it started off as one now, this is absolutely where it pivots into a flat-out scam. It's a, it's a scam now. Yeah. Once you get to the point where people have profited off, people working inside the company um, that saw this, not the, not the regular employees, the pet salaried employees, the people in control of this that knew this wasn't going to come out October 2020, they knew they were getting in bed with with slimeball uh, backdoor investor types to make uh, videos to to get to hook more investors. And they knew all the time that people like Jay Allard weren't working with the company anymore, that weren't doing anything. When when you have people saying these things and making and doing these actions, when they have people's money, that's when it becomes a scam. And that's when we said way back when, when Tommy started taking pre order money in, in two years ago, Ian, after he said he did it, I said. Now we look at this differently. And this is why we became more critical about that point early 2020. I said, this is the reason why we become more critical about this. You can call us assholes. You can call us in over our heads. You can call us whatever you want. That's, that's our reasoning behind it. Because this is what happens now. You have people scammed out of their money. Yep. And investors. And people say, oh, I don't feel bad for investors. They should have known better. No, no. There's a reason they, they, they get protection. There's, there's, there's regulations in place. Uh, when it comes to this stuff. And I don't think people should be, I don't think you know, people get taken advantage of it's their money, whatever. No, I, I still think it's wrong ethically to do that. I think it's wrong to lie to people. I think it's wrong to lie to people to take their money. I do. I do. And, and so now you have all these poor people that out of their money um, and you have these uh, people that, not just that, it's, 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 it's also, it's an embarrassment probably for some people that trusted this project. We don't talk about that enough. People that just like the Intellivision name. Oh, I grew up with the Intellivision. Sure. 
They don't deserve to be uh, taking advantage of their emotions and feelings and, and, and get because a lot of these people aren't keeping up with this news like we are. They're like, oh, it's intelligent and they're back, which is what they try to say. It's the same the same people. All of this was a ploy to, uh, to hook people's emotions and nostalgia on top of everything else of, OK, we're going to pretend that the guy who launched Xbox is working for a company still and is doing something about it. We're going to pretend the people that launched the Wii are doing work for us. Like, right. That's a that's a scam. It's a fucking scam and it's a lie. And people should be held accountable. I go back to that. You know who I'd really like to hear chime in on this? Who's that? I would love to get the opinion of Zadok Payet on this. Oh, would you? I would love to get the opinion of Zadok Payet uh, on this. Uh, he has not posted on Reddit in six months. I hope uh, that filthy piece of shit is still hiding. Well, Ian, more importantly, uh, we don't have anyone from uh, in television entertainment from the board of directors, the president. Total fucking silence. Oh, yeah, nothing. Um, total silence. I think I think everyone, including us, wanted a big letter from Tommy that was like the Intellivision Amico on an official Amico letterhead. This is not, through an email. This is not coming out. We're not going to get it. We're not going to get a big end to this. Um, it's a slow fade. Every 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 topic that we do on this. I mean, maybe not now, but every topic we do could be the last one. I, yeah, we're not going to get. We're not going to get a cut off. We're not going to get a cut off. We're never going to say uh, we're so- never going to get an I'm sorry. We're never going to say sorry for lying and taking everyone's money and attacking nope. critics. That's never going to happen. Narcissists don't do that. Um, but um, at the very least, someone should come out. Phil Adams should say this project is at least not it's not gone in the direction we had hoped. They're going to blame. the. I don't give a shit if you blame the pandemic. But at the very least, say just uh, just say we don't have money and the refunds aren't happening because we obviously know that that's what the case is. Just come out and say it. Be be uh, be grown ups. Be men. You made all this money, Phil, uh, Nick, Tommy. You made all this money on the backs of investors and on the backs of these pre orders. Be a man and own up to at least a little bit. You would you would you would re. I I I have zero respect for you, but I might go up to like a point two percent if you at least said we're sorry this isn't happening. Even though we would love to get people's money back, there's no fucking money to do it. Yeah. But you're just going to try to disappear into the night. You're going to pretend like this shit never happened for three fucking years. <sighs> really, four this year, is the, they announced it. Four years. Really could have cut down on the embarrassment if, like, a year into this, when you realized it wasn't going to happen, you just said, hey, it's not going to happen. Instead of trying yeah. to fucking the secret, will it into the existence of, with your fucking positive affirmations. A lot of, lot of startups fail. A lot of yeah. them fail. But it's, it's the vitriolic attitude and fuck you all. Uh, your criticisms don't mean anything. We know what we're doing. You know, we have all this market research that doesn't exist. It was, it's just the compounding of the fucking hubris on top of it. Well, I think um, a lot of it was, you know, he had, to, he had to prove the, the haters wrong. He, oh, got, yeah. he got that in his head. Yeah, you dug, he had to prove us wrong. You dug your, your hole into the fucking middle of the Earth's core. Uh, doing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to prove some fucking C tier podcasters wrong. I mean, what is wrong with your life? That would be minus, Ian. Be minus. Where would be minus? Oh, and and Powerclaw. Uh, there's a comment here on this that uh, Interplay was forcing television to remove the Earthworm Jim Four videos. Yes, they're gone. Earthworm Jim Four video is gone, and I think it was edited out of of the I think the trailer too. Like the, it's gone. Earthworm Jim. Uh, if they edited it out of the trailer, that must have been a pretty tense interaction. I feel like Interplay called some of them and was like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, you're get, yeah, you're going to get rid because you can edit videos, preseason yeah. videos on YouTube. That's a thing you can do now. You are going to get rid uh, of that right now. Yeah. So there you go. 
So so their big their big killer app to to the Earthworm Jim fans and there are Earthworm Jim fans I I won't judge they can't even it's, they, it's make gone. that now yeah so even well, if no, the Amico were to come out they can't even have it on their channel no. to promote yeah. this thing like for the for whatever you know uh, four days of work they did animating that or whatever like they can't even use that anymore so uh, the Schadenfreude it, it, this isn't even a victory lap <laughs> that should be on a T-shirt. All right. Anything else to add here? Um, but I, I could say, I could say with confidence, what's the definition of a scam? Let me just make sure I have the definition. I got this. Uh, a dishonest scheme, a fraud, fraud. This has been dishonest. This has been a dishonest scheme for. A, this one became a dishonest scheme in 2020 when they took pre-order monies and said this is coming out in October when they knew it wasn't coming out in October. I always said in my head, uh, and I maybe even said it on here. Like I said, I was careful about using that word. But if it ever got to the point where they were not refunding the pre-orders, yeah, then I'd consider that a, a scam. Well, that's to me. I, you can it's say a refundable pre-order. They, they said it's refundable, 100% refundable. Yep. You're not getting refunded. It's a scam. They after, scammed you out of 100 bucks. After they said we're never going to take money until you can play the system. Yep. After that. So so retroactively, this was in scam territory in 2020. And again, that's when people started attacking us. We started pointing out weird shit happening with this. That's when it really, people like really, Zadok pay it. Yes, that's one of them. And shirtless wonder. Like that's when it really started to ramp up then. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you seen one where you like that one? <laughs> It's a, it's an only but a goodie. No, I, I just I I really have fun letting Zadok pay it. No, that wherever he fucking is. Are you you want to meet him outside behind the bleachers at three o'clock? You know, so this, this is <laughs> no, I don't want to fight anyone, <laughs> but I just want him to never forget that he fucking sucks shit. <laughs> okay, not a victory lap. Uh, Ian, we got a Patreon, don't we? Uh, we do patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you put a little bit of uh, money in there, a little money. Not not a dishonest scheme. No. Not, not a dishonest scheme. And in return, you get the full video podcast. You get bonus bits. A bonus. B -b -b bonus bits every uh, episode. Uh, you get uh, writings from mm -hmm. me. Uh, I did a writing this week. I talked a little bit about you've got three jello shots in your fridge, by the way. I put three blue raspberry jello shots in your fridge. Spoilers! <laughs> that's <laughs> you're you're welcome. I haven't had a jello shot in like ten years. That's yeah, great. Neither had I, but I decided that that's what I was making. That's last why weekend. I like that's why I like Ian every now and then. Little things like that. Still owes me chili, but it got me jello shots. <laughs> There's three of them in there. They're tasty. Oh. Oh, um and am I missing something? Oh, we do these these Q and A's. I should have done these them before the podcast. Topics. That was more fun that last yes. topic. Uh in second place. 37%. You get offended when others dislike retro games you love. 37%. First place, Ian. 63%, almost two-thirds, almost a super majority. Enjoying games about sports you do not like. So um, there's very few sports I like playing in real life. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily count that. Like, I like watching basketball. Yeah, watching and playing. Are yeah, I, I, I like watching basketball and stuff like that. So I couldn't do something like that. But the, the big one for me is... Um, the two big ones for me, uh, golf and tennis. I love golf and tennis games. Adore them. Um, I will buy almost any like good. Uh, it's got to be cartoony, but I'll buy almost any tennis game that comes out. Hell, I even bought the Virtua Tennis games when they were on uh, Dreamcast. Oh, those are great games. Um, so great. I, I, I really do enjoy um, tennis games. And it's almost not a fair answer because... Most recently, after I got really into um, Mario Tennis Aces, uh, I actually started leaving uh, the channel on tennis matches when I 
go past them. It's okay. fun to watch. I, I I can't get it's it's long. At real tennis is long. Like, they could be some yeah. games, some games are two two hours. Some are an hour. Some are three. Depends. Like especially the men's when they when they go like five full sets. But like I'll yeah. sit there and I'll I'll watch the end of a set. You know, I mean, it's 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 a it's a weird sport. I don't like any of the stuff surrounding the sport, the pomp, the circumstance. Huh? Of tennis? Yeah, it's very it's a very rich sport. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. It was, it was like a yuppie sport. Yes, traditionally. But the idea behind tennis is pretty fun. It's like it's just it's human pong, <laughs> which is why pong was called tennis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, I was going to say tennis it's, is it's the not original. That pong didn't come first. Tennis is the original video, video game. game. Yeah, and so it works it really sense. well. It's it's fun. It's fast. It's you're, visceral. You're getting to a spot and. Hitting a ball back, That's and and when you, and ball. when you add stuff ball to a paddle. tennis game, you know you add your drop shots and stuff. It's a very simple game to get into and enjoy. Very fast paced. Um, and the other one for me is golf. Um, tennis, I could almost see myself enjoying in real life if I was athletic. Golf, I I do not. Um, but I love video game golf because you turn it into it, it, it's a physics puzzle. It's angles and wind speed and, and power, and it's just... But you can see the numbers, you know, basically. You, you can, can see the number of yards. You can, you can see, see how everything works. The winds, yeah, and direction. It, and it's a little puzzle you figure out in your head, and you're like, okay, I think this is going to do it, and you hit it, and then that changes up how you have to play out the next puzzle. And I like well, that. It's puzzle- that's, that's, that's also how golf would be in real life, but I don't well, think I would actually enjoy it nearly as much without having all that info in front of me. A, okay, this is gonna be sound weird. A golf game, in some respects, being that in golf you don't move that much. Uh, you, you walk from hole to hole. You yeah. swing a golf club. A golf game br- breaks down the elements more closely of how you would operate really playing golf. Yes, you calculate. You know, okay, it's a hundred yards away the hole. I know the wind because you have a cow. You kind of know the wind. I have to pick a club. That best accounts for the situation. I'm yep. a fairway, rough, sand trap, wedge. You know, I, I have to do that. Four iron versus a five iron and, and strength. Now, okay, I have that set up, but now I have to operate a successful swing like right. in real life. So it's not guaranteed. You might have to pick the right club. I still have to do the right amount of force right. and hit the ball properly. And in a <laughs> video game with the three meter system, which is brilliant, you hit the force and you try to get the ball pre- precise placement hitting it so you don't slice or hook it. So like, that's what golf is. That, right. That's all the it elements is. are. I think what I'm getting yeah. at is, is just that. Um, oh no, I'm not criticizing. I'm, no, saying, but, yeah. I, I'm just saying I, I, I like that when I have that info in front of me, yes. I would not enjoy it as much as an abstract thing. Like, like if someone said play ground the golf and I told you, you, or you use this club and figure it out your, or figure out yourself with a caddy and then put the power in. And yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that I would enjoy it as much. Yeah, so those are the two big ones for me. The big, big ones? The big, big ones. Well, you know, you know I was a big uh, street tennis player back in the yes, day. Yes, I do know you were a big street tennis player. So, so, so I always enjoyed the tennis. Patrick Country's black box street tennis. <laughs> Don't make me do it, Ian. Um, so, so, um, so, so tennis to me, I, I actually enjoy watching or playing most sports. I love watching tennis. 90s tennis was the, was the best. No, I, I get um, it now. I, I mean, I do. And I was, I was, will say this: uh, women's tennis is uh, is better than men's tennis, and it almost always has been. Uh, there's always been a better variety of, of of players that are competitive with each other, 
And being that, I hate to say it, well, the men, the men's have too much force. Is that there's almost there's a there's still technique in men's tennis, but there's less need for it because if you have a good good serve in a men's tennis, you can win most like a lot of your points on a serve. Like it doesn't get to a lot of it's rallies. Just a lot of acing. Yeah, there's there's more. Yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the first serve stuff is they don't get into deep deep rallies versus second serve. Which anyway, so I always loved it. Uh, I always loved that um, bowling. Bowling in theory, I would like, and this, and it would get. It really, it's really like you can you, tra- you can always track my bowling skills with the number of uh, birthday parties I went to in grade school. <laughs> because like at some point in time, you, like for a good like five six year period from the, from the ages of like eight to like twelve, thirteen, you're going you're bowling at least once a month, sometimes twice a month at birthday parties. Oh yeah, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Um, I think everyone bowls more, unless you choose like. Obviously, there are people who have bowling as their hobby, but I think for the majority of people, you bowled more in your youth than you ever did as an adult. I bowled 200 <laughs> before as a kid. I swear to God, I did. Uh, I believe it. I think, um, I think my highest is like 160-something. Yeah, but I would, I, would get, I would hit like three, four strikes a game as a kid. Now I couldn't do it uh, because I was a rep- repetition, but I never liked it. I never like looking back. It's like, yeah, it was fun. But then like the next time I would go, I'd be like, this is okay. But then, then I get a game like I like get a strike and get like four gutter balls in a row. Right. So I, and I can't watch bowling on TV. I can't. No, I can't because I can't. it's like oh he's going to try to hit the that pin into that pin. Okay, that's fine. Um, but bowling games I always liked, and it was sort of like sort of like the tennis thing. It's sort of like similar. Okay, you have the the where you're on the lane. No, more probably, more more like golf. You have the time to the set time. everything up. You have the power meter, hook or slice. Yep. Even though it's harder to slice a, a, a ball when you're throwing it, you can turn your wrist away. But it's sort of similar. It's like a three meter yeah. system, and you put a spin on it. You, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of similar. You, you're trying to aim at a certain place. I always liked uh, bowling games for the same way. Same, same reason. Yep. No, I like them too. Um, and it's also like multiple shots per two, or in golf, it's like whatever, four or five, depending on the course, three, four, five. Um, so I always liked that. Other than that, I, I would say, I, yes, I, I, motors, motorsports I don't like. I can't watch. Uh, F1 races, even though that's a hell of a lot better than NASCAR. NASCAR. I could probably watch um, F1 because it, it's actually tracks. They but actually, I couldn't watch. Uh, yeah, I can't watch. Yeah, NASCAR is an oval. F1, at least you're like turning left, right. You're slowing down. There's you know, there's, you can see more strategy. Yeah, on the surface. So I guess if that's one. Yes, who doesn't like racing games? Everyone likes racing games. Sure, yeah. I love racing games. Like Daytona, who doesn't love Daytona? Uh, who who doesn't love uh, Daytona? Who doesn't love I don't know Danny Sullivan's Indy Heat? Who doesn't love these games uh, out there? That's more is that more IndyCar than F one? I always forget the difference. It is IndyCar. Indy. I always forget the difference. They look they look the same. Because they all the engine. This is <laughs> my friend uh, explained it to me once because he's very very into F one, but I can't remember. There's, there's a difference, but yes. they looked like similar the cars. They got the fins on them. They got the nose things and the little things that come out the sides. Look like monsters. Like like little little insects um other than that i was trying to think of another another uh sports i do not like there's not a lot of them out there that i that i could say other than that uh golf golf is a golf is a weird one i'll never say oh boy i'm gonna watch the u.s opening but then when i put it on i keep it on it's really weird it's green it's peaceful it's peaceful the commentators it's yeah it's like calm i'm not watching it at that point for, i'm not watching it for the golf i'm watching it for the hills and the the yeah the announcer's you, voice it's something i can fall asleep you like to. seeing the ball go through the air and seeing and now they, sure. they now they track it with the computer like you see the right. ball track so it's like it's interesting it's interesting um i'll say this about i'll just say now about how about well, new topic any sports games that increase the popularity potentially of the sport 
NBA Jam probably did that for basketball. NBA Jam, I, I, yeah, NBA Jam Good also. I, I don't know. NBA uh, Jam is either the product because basketball was just fucking hot in the mid nineties. Like it's ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, it's getting there. But like Jordan obviously helped. Sure. But like I think NBA Jam was like a moment that like there was a lot of shit happening. You just had the Dream Team in ninety two. There was a lot going on that helped basketball. But like I think NBA Jam probably helped turn on a lot um, of people. People try to call it you know not a sport, but it I, it is especially if you're competing. Um, Tony Hawk's pro skater and skateboarding absolutely okay. put skateboards in people's that's hands a, that's a sport yeah it is I, I mean i think it is I, there are people out there who might argue um what, it, what if it's not, it's not a sport it's not a game it's right. like chess right um but yeah no that absolutely sold skateboards <laughs> that absolutely did yeah i remember being in high school and seeing you know a lot of people who had never skated before give it a shot after playing wow yeah. really yes anyone get good from nope. The- <laughs> no 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 <laughs> nope. try to ollie and then ate some shit Try to do a flip kick and hit their hit their groin. With, <laughs> with, with. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that's a man's future. And we'll talk about that. Like maybe the sports that the uh, sports games that kind of helped, maybe not help, but like kept. Yeah, and the NHL games were huge in the early nineties. That's when NHL got more popular, I believe, in the early nineties as well. A lot of sports in general in the early 90s, I think, just because of maybe more people getting cable and better. I think more sports. cable is a big part. Of definitely, it, yes. uh, basketball blew up in the nineties. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was getting bigger in the 80s from Jordan and Bird, but the 90s, like, whole other Insane. level it, it got there. And probably hockey as well. Hockey became less regional and more national. In the I 90s. feel like hockey was very popular when I was in high school and has uh, tapered off. It'll come back. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, well, ESPN covering it is now huge the past sure. year. Seeing, like, they have a daily show. They're covering more on uh, hockey. Is I also have to say, I was from a, a, a town that had a, a team, and now I live in one well, yeah. that doesn't. And, and so, North, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not in front of it every day. Northeast, I mean, between Jersey and New York, there's four teams. Right. There's four teams in like two states, right? They're next to each other. And then you said that have the whale, you said Hartford, you said yep. a team. So you had like five teams right there. Then you had the Bruins right there. Anyway, all right. Well, that's, that's a fun topic there. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Attention listeners, are you ready to be blown away? You asked for it, and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just relaunched the Ultra Smooth Package. It's back, baby. Your new favorite tool and complement to the Lawnmower 4.0 to keep your boys smooth while looking and feeling their best. This specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you from Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code CUPODCAST. The legends who introduced the electric ball hair trimmer are bringing back their razors so you can be set and trimmed front to back. Men, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. Here's how it goes. Step one, grab your handy lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys the classic trim to remove the loose hairs and then take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to make your package the perfect package this summer. Step two, crop exfoliator. Infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed, the crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Step three, crop gel. See where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. With four essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. Step four, it's time to shave. The crop shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades include extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. It's time to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job. The ultra smooth package from Manscaped. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CU Podcast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code CU Podcast at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with this relaunched ultra smooth package from the fellas at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, Ian, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got some <sighs> voicemails, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's, this is your routine, man. <laughs> Your routine, go to anchor.fm slash to see a podcast. You go leave a voice me- message. 22 seconds is the, uh, is, the believe, ideal, the platonic ideal. That's the platonic ideal. Is that a thing? Yes. Leave a voice message for us and hopefully play it like this one. Hey, Pat and Ian. It's Ian from Texas. A oh. uh, question for both of you. Oh. So due to some life changes, I need to get rid of the majority of my um, game collection. I've oh, been no. collecting for about... 20 years, pretty sizable at this point, but wanted to know from a financial perspective, do you think it would make more sense to try to get a booth at an upcoming local game convention or go the online route, eBay and so on? Thanks. If you have the option, I believe a convention is an awesome way to do it. Yes, I do too. And here's why. And I, I, people are going to be mad at me for it, go but for it. Uh, you can charge the going rate at a convention. People expect to see a going rate, and you'd probably end up being cheaper than a lot of people there. Plus, it's a captive audience. I mean, it's everyone's looking for games. Plus, it's cash, a lot of the sales. Oh, yeah. Cash is king for a lot of reasons. Wink! Um, here's the other reason why. Your time is money. I've learned that more and more as I've gotten older. Where, oh my God, I have a thousand dollar game or a five hundred dollar game. Put it on, uh, you know, put it on eBay. Uh, you get the most amount of money. After the eBay fees, PayPal fees, and taxes are going to pay. You'll probably end up around seventy percent of what you get. Seventy percent, right. give or take. I like to use seventy percent. So when you look at it that way, giving even giving someone a cash discount is worth it. Yes. It is, because your time is there on top of that. But at a convention, you can do so much bulk selling. I just went to SoCal. Ian saw me. I brought a bunch of box consoles with me. I only brought 15. I sold about 12 or 13 there. That I got cash from. I probably didn't get the, the full amount. Maybe I could have gotten looking back. I could have charged a little bit more. But they're out of my hair. And the amount of time to put them all, list them, take pictures, do the listing. Hopefully don't get like someone saying, oh, I, I bid by accident. Let me put it back up. Package them, box them, print postage, mail them out. You got like I don't want. I wouldn't do that. I, I still have the consoles in my in my house. Still, on top of that, though, when you go to convention, what's at convention? Other vendors that you can talk to. Yep. You can say, hey, listen, I got a bunch of stuff here. You want to take it after Sunday? We do. A, you, I can give you a deal on it. Or here's a card in the future because we go to vendors. A lot of them are local. There's a lot of opportunities for selling out a convention. This could almost be a full topic that I'm thinking of now. That like that is like that's probably be like your first line of attack. You also got to put time into pricing things out, but you got to do that kind of anyway when you're trying to sell modern games nowadays. A lot of people don't do like dollar auctions anymore and let them go. Right. But I would highly recommend that for for stuff, <clears throat> and you'll sell probably more than you think depending on how you price it. Hey, Pat and Ian. This Hi. is Zach from Atlanta, Georgia. First time caller. Georgia, Love you guys. Georgia. Uh, a couple episodes ago, you were discussing a found prototype, I believe, from like Hidden Palace. And I wanted to ask you all, in terms of game preservation, what do you think about essentially pulling a game out of the garbage that the developers, the artists that worked on it said, no, we hate this. We don't want it to see the light of day. This is something I've actually thought about and struggled with. And I think there's not going to be a right answer that pleases everyone. 
about it's the balance of the rights of the the original artist versus the you know the the, the community or culture. Uh, but if you ask me personally, stuff that I've written or done, if someone should have access to the first draft of things, let's just say Ian, I become president, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Sure, should someone have the first draft <clears throat> of things that I wrote or like first drafts of videos, like. No, I, 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 if I don't want people to see them, I want people to see them. Um, but these are a lot of these games are collective works. It's a little bit different. Right. Um, so I think there's, you have to weigh that. Uh, I'm trying to think of a time uh, when, when a prototype got released where someone said, I don't want you to release that because I'm not either proud of that or I never meant for anyone to see that. There might be people that have thought about that, but maybe they don't care. Uh, because it's not in the grand scheme of things, it's a game. But I don't think it's I don't think it's a hundred percent. Everything should be seen by the community. I don't, well, here's I, what I would say. I, yeah. I think I think if you say yes, it's okay. Then I think the next step to make that right and okay is uh, you can preserve without publishing. Sure, you can preserve without publishing and say that person in thirty years decides they wish they could go back to sure. it and they have access to it now. That's one thing. Um, but I, at, at the same point, so uh, my thought on it would be if it's a canceled game, a canceled game, publishers working on it, canceled game, clearly a group product it's finished it, or well, or close, or, finish. or, or close to finishing. I have no problem with digging through bins, uh, you know, and, and, and preserving oh, sure. these canceled games, especially if they've been announced or they've been said they were in the works because people are always going to ask about them. I do think there is a place, though, where, you know, we're preserving art. We're, you know, we're trying to preserve art. We're trying to preserve um, games, achievements. If that person never officially, if it was a solo work and the person never officially released it, mm-hmm. it may, yeah, maybe they could be looking at it and being like, you know what, this isn't sending the message I want it to send, and they scrap it. Or maybe it's not for people's eyes to look at. I, this comes up more with with, with uh, writers. Yeah, and they find like old manuscripts of writers, sure. like, like uh, Salinger, and it's like, oh, here's the stuff he was writing, and I'm like. If I'm a writer, like there's a reason I didn't have that published. There's a reason I never got that published. I wasn't proud of it, or I didn't like it, or I never meant for people to see it. And now you're having everyone look at my unfinished shit. That you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's it, it's tough. No, it's, it's an like, interesting question. It, it's like if you're in that position, it's almost like wow, people want to see all the old shit I worked on. It's like you know what I mean? Like we've talked. We're now that we're talking about this though. I, wa- I I'm thinking, how often is that likely going to come up though in this day and age? I think most of these things that we're finding are going to be group works that were probably started and scrapped by a corporate company. I don't sure. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but it's not like we're dealing every day with deeply personal games getting found that were made by one or two people in their bedroom. It's, it's, yeah. a, it, it's worthy of thinking about, but I don't think it's actually going to be a problem uh, that we're going to experience a ton. But the, the more you go back in time, the smaller the teams get. You go back to the 80s, it's a few people. If you're a Atari game, it's one person. You know what I mean? Like I can see, I can see people's being weirded out by it. This is one that I can see both sides of truly, yeah. and I would probably need to think about yeah, it. Yeah, like I said, this could be a full topic until I like really I said, settled there, on a, there, an answer. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's just going to come down to maybe like individual cases, individual cases, and how that preservation is done. Sure. Pat, yep. Ian, this is Matt from Rochester, New York, hey, yet man. again. Uh, Ian, <laughs> back me up on this. Have you told Pat how great a store Wegmans is? I know you shopped there as a kid, and when you go back home. Pat, when you go back East Coast, there's nine locations in Jersey. Really Mount Laurel, like Cherry this. Hill, Ocean. Uh, no, 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 that's not Jersey anymore. That's that's Pennsylvania. <laughs> Once you said to say Cherry Hill, literally across from, from Philly, 
no one considers that Jersey. They, they, they root for the, e- if you root for the Eagles, you're not Jersey anymore. That's my rule. Fair Water. enough. Princeton, uh, Montvale and, uh, another location. I forget, but come on, man, you got to shop there sometime. See ya. It's Pr- a magical Pr- grocery Princeton store. is like my imaginary cutoff for Jersey. Once you get below Jersey, the cable stations start showing you Eagles. It's not Jersey anymore. That's just my opinion. The one but, thing I'll say about Wegmans. This is a supermarket, right? Supermarket. supermarket. Okay. It's a very comfortable supermarket to shop in. <laughs> it's um, no, well, whereas most supermarkets are pretty bright and in your, like, like bright lighting, like fluorescent lighting okay. and stuff. Wegmans is kind of like darker and more comfortable to yeah, walk like through. Yellow, darker colors. Softer and, yeah, softer lighting. Oh, oh I, I, I've been in supermarkets like that. Yes. I see. When, when Wegmans... Like it, browns and, and... Wegmans isn't as yeah. important now as it was then, but Wegmans was one of the first places to get like fresh food being prepared in there. It was one of the first places in Buffalo you could go get sushi. Really? They had, they they sushi had the bar? chefs making oh, sushi, yep. like making sushi right there. Okay. Uh, right, yeah, it's, right. a, it's a neat... Grocery store. I, mean, I, I got the Halloween cookies that I used in the video that were three, four years old in my Halloween. Video. That wasn't that wasn't uh, Wegmans. That was Wegmans. No, I don't think so. Okay, maybe it was. Hey Pat. Hey Ian. This is Juice from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Hi, here Juice. in Canada. Like many people, I love my Nintendo Switch. I actually own a couple of them here at home. It got me thinking about a Switch successor, since Nintendo has stated they're kind of in the latter half of the Switch life cycle. What do you think their method to the successor is going to be? Do you think they'll go full-on Switch 2, for lack of a better term, with backwards compatibility, just sort of hit the reset button and go try to get people to buy a successor? Or do you think they'll go the iPhone method, like a lot of people are starting to suggest, maybe just incremental upgrades to their future releases? Everything kind of stays the same at the base, but you see some slight upgrades here and there, kind of like the Switch OLED, but then they kind of start building upon that. Yeah, I think it's going to be closer to like the DS 3DS. Yes, it's I, like there's no reason to like piss off all, you know the hundred million people that have this console. So you're going to do incremental. You're going to ease people out of it over years. Yeah, for a while yeah. there, they were really doing like a thing where like they were just making it very different each time. Yeah, this, I can't. It's going to be a more powerful handheld. We're talking about seven year old technology at this point. That's in that switch. Like you know, it's like they got they got they got it lined up. They're going to wait until the sales go down. They they have it ready. I can guarantee. You. Like what's the, what's the expression when you do a when you do a product, you already have a prototype for a new one. Like you already you already have it ready. Right. You know? like, or design, you already have it. Uh, so it's just like oh, we're gonna get the the faster sh- chip. Like, and I don't think a lot of people. It's probably not even that long in the tooth to switch yet. Five years in, is it six years? Uh, five years <laughs> in or five years in? I mean, I'm starting to see its age. You starting to see it? Yeah. Um, and I love my Switch. Uh, I, yeah, I, to answer quickly, I think Nintendo would be smart to, at this point, and I think they will, just do the PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5 thing. They found something that works. They found a form factor that but, works. But have, but, but have backwards compatibility in each yes, one. You, you don't need to be fucking yeah. screwy with sure. the next thing. You don't need to try to reinvent the wheel. You nailed yes. it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you're never going to see it standalone again. Like, the the hybrid... Uh, platform is they got it they yep. figured it out they figured it out uh, Sony couldn't they figured it out hey Pat and Ian it's Daniel uh, Lamco64 on Twitter uh, just a quick question for both of you guys um, well two questions in fact first question being is there a game an older game that you never played back in the day that was recommended to you way way years later on that you went back to and uh, either enjoyed or didn't enjoy that you can think of that pops into your mind uh, mine one being the Super Metroid. Never played it back in the day. Almost bought it for one birthday, but then decided to buy something else instead. Uh, but I've played it since, and I love it. Um, and the second question is for Ian. Um, 
what makes a really good chili and how do I go about doing that? Speaking of chili. Speaking of chili. Yes, you that. No, I know, but what do you mean speaking of chili? Did we talk about chili recently? You stole me chili from the fall. Oh, I stole you me chili, yeah. Um, what makes a really good chili? Uh, slow cooking the meat and uh, adding lots and lots. I, 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 think, I think you develop the flavor with more mild, um, like uh, uh, dried peppers. Okay. And then you move into some hotter peppers. So you, you want a lot of pepper flavor in there, but you don't want all the heat. So you gotcha. kind of adjust that. Um, other than that, though, I, I don't really know. I make good chili, but uh, talk to someone from Texas. <laughs> okay. And then uh, an older game that you never played that you did later. Uh, you do that. I got to think for a second. I've actually never played through Super Metroid. I'm kind of ashamed of that. Like, I, like, I never was a huge NES Metroid person, so I never got into Metroid that much. I probably should play Super Metroid at some point and get into it. I mean, honestly, Super Metroid is one of those for me because um, I did it uh, a couple of years ago and I never is, played it when I was growing this up. This is one you did play later that you right. at the time put off. So I'm trying to think of one that I like. I What's one that I, I put off at the time and then came back to? I, I, I got to get back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that might be a, a future That's question. But I would, yeah, let's bookmark that. That's a good question, I that's, think. That's not bad. I'm going to put a little star next. I'll put a little asterisk, Lamco. Thank you for that. I'll oh, we'll do a few more here. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. Uh, this is John from Louisville, Kentucky, Ooh. and uh, I would just had a quick question. Uh, just wonder what you thought the official appetizer of the CU podcast would be. Personally, my vote would be at my man. Right. Love you guys. Oh, my man. That's great. Do I have a boo on this? I, have a boo <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I, I would vote jalapeno poppers. Pat would probably vote nachos. I'd accept nachos. I don't dislike jalapeno poppers, Ian. I know, I, I know. Dislike. It's just that I don't ever get them a lot. Some restaurants don't have them. Now my mouth's warm. I mean, passing. Love them. <laughs> Love a jalapeno Cream popper. cheese or cheddar? Uh, I will take either. And it is the one of the only things I think With cream cheese? is acceptable to dip in ranch dressing. Oh, I talk about how much I dislike ranch dressing. Ranch dressing was made for jalapeno poppers and jalapeno poppers only. Now you lost me. I want nothing with ranch dressing. That's fair. Nothing. That's fair. Ninjas. Mike from Chicagoland here. Playdates are finally shipping, and we hope the community will start developing games for the system. So what games would you guys develop? Pork Roll Panic? Harry Ferguson and the Luna Freeman. Can't wait to hear some of your ideas. No. Game know, on, guys. I don't know that I really want to talk about the one idea that we both had independently. Uh, no. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Um, um, are, are, are the same one? You, you had your own idea. That was different. No, I, I told you we had the same idea independently. God, I don't remember. Not, not, not my idea. So another one? No, that idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I have an idea. I, I, like a version of Tapper, where you, you use the crank to like fill the drinks. That'd be interesting. Um, I'm going to be real basic here, because uh, I don't know if there's one yet. I haven't looked at the games. I want a fucking fishing game on the play date. Oh, and if there is not one, okay. I would make that. That makes the most sense. Yes. It's, it's, it's surprising that's not in the first uh, season of games, is there? Is there? I don't know. I haven't bothered looking. But I'm just saying, if it's not there, that's what I would make. Yes, that's a natural motion, obviously. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's as natural as you can be. Let's see. Who's this person? Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. It's Foxandra it from is. New Jersey. I know it's been a while since I last called oh, wow. in, so I figured it was time to give an update. Oh. Not that I have any big, big news here to report, 
I thought there was some big, big news here in Jersey with weed being legal and sold here now, which does actually catch my interest. Not that I have much experience with the stuff. My experience is I have a huge coughing fits since I handle smoking worse than I handle existential dread, which is ironic seeing as that's the reason I'm trying to get high in the first place. Ian, do you have any suggestions of an edible stuff for what to do with that? Anyway, that ain't why I'm calling. Ian, dude, what is up with old pinball games being total garbage? Now, Rock and Roll on the NES is the real GOAT with the head-to-head pinball combat, which rules. But the rest of the crap you see on Ness and Sneeze is some Amiga port that looks uglier than me back in high school. And for the record, that ain't self-deprecation, because I turned out pretty damn well if I do say so myself. And I'd rather be that than the reverse like my ex, which, let me tell you something, talking I'm exhausted. <laughs> I knew the cutoff exha- was coming. I'm exhausted. I mean, I, I feel like I feel Ooh. like that's her point. <laughs> um, yeah, the old pinball games are not very good. They have pretty poor physics. I still like them though, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I like yeah. I like rock. I mean, for what they are, rock and ball's amazing. Rock and ball is so much fun, especially when you play it two player. And um, you know, I, while I don't like a lot of the NES pinball games, I really don't like the version of Pinbot on there. High speed's not great. They add weird shit. Um, I, I, do, I, always for, I always forget high, high speed's an NES game. I always forget that's yeah. like an NES game. Um, I do really like... Uncommon game? I do really like playing the uh, Game Boy pinball games. And as far as marijuana, start at 2.5 milligrams or 5 milligrams on your edibles and wait at least an hour and a half before you adjust your dose. Yeah, i do a couple more here. Hey, listen, Mike Kennedy here. Hey, Ian, I got a bone to pick with you. This apology that you're talking about that came from me, I poured my heart and soul into that thing. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Damn drunken podcasters just can't leave the Coleco chameleon alone to die, can you? Always got to keep bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. Damn drunken pothead podcasters. That's enough. Okay. I, I mean, I, uh, I, Mike Kennedy never gave me an apology. <laughs> I think this person is uh, referring to, you know, one of the... Uh, I've only mentioned him, like, once, uh, Zadok Payet, but I think that's what he's referring to. No, I think he's, he's just he's doing a, a Mike Kennedy. And uh, yeah. Once well, you start repeating the, the same, same joke, thing, it's, it, you got you to gotta write these out. Get it down on paper. <laughs> Get it down on paper. Talk yourself through it. You know, see how it goes. It's a lot tougher than it looks. Contact Voxandra. <laughs> And ask how she does it because that's obviously there's, there's no stumbling on the, on the nose. nose. <laughs> yes, it's almost like it's like pre-recorded edited. Not saying it is. Uh, do you want to do one more? Or you want to check in with someone? Let's check in with someone. Check in with someone here. Hey guys, Tommy here. Just trying out my new holo ride from Hans. It's actually pretty sweet. Cause... The hell was that? Anyway, uh, Miyamoto-san put in Super Mario Kart, so it's really cool because. Like, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm, like, one of the bigger characters, like Bowser, I like to smash into the small ones. This would be cool to try. Yeah, I felt that one. I totally felt that one. This is awesome. I mean, I always wanted to have a VR version of Mario Kart. I I, I finally have it, thanks to Hans and his genius. Whoa. Oh, they got cops in the game now. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, I'm moving with the flow of traffic, guys. The donut shops are back that way, man. Here we go, ride or die. <laughs> oh, Thomas. Oh, Thomas. Well, I guess you got another. You got another. Uh, another way to, to to play the Ferrari game. Yeah, there's yes. another way to do that. Oh God, that's good. So good. 
All right, everyone. Well, that was a podcast. That was it. Thank you, Ian, again for the happy birthday wishes. Anyone else? You're anyone welcome. else out there wish me a happy birthday? Uh, it's weird being this much older, but it's fine. It's fine. I got a few more spins around the sun, as Frank would say. He sure do. Um, so does Frank. Sure. I'm not sure how Frank's thought of seeing finally Fantastic Four on the screen and seeing spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Seeing uh, don't you don't need to bring it up. Yeah, so. We already brought it up. <laughs> Right, but I, I, so I, I did say, Frank, you will see the Fantastic Four movie done right. Yes. You will see that. <laughs> and hopefully that happens. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Bye. Let's go, Dubs. <laughs>